What's up, everybody? We're back for the Oddly Observant Podcast. Uh, I haven't been posting episodes this past couple weeks. Uh, I took a step back to try to understand where I want to take the show in these next couple months and over the next year. So we're ready to start uh, recording more episodes, start adding some video. If you haven't liked and or subscribed to the channel yet, please subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, or any other place that you listen to your podcast. Today we're going to be talking about Spotify Wrapped. I'm sure if you listen to music on your phone, on the internet at all, you've seen this review of your year and your past years and all the music that came throughout the, the different seasons of the year. So today I'm bringing on Cameron Aziz, who is pretty knowledgeable about this subject. He's always building music apps, <laughs> liking music apps. But Cam, uh, nice to have you on. So what was your first impressions of the Spotify rap this year? Oh, I thought it was pretty cool. I think um, so something we were going to talk about is just kind of the transformation um, that they've made um, from uh, it used to be actually year in music. And I, I believe the feature um, became available in 2014. Um, and it, it was really uh, at first it was just delivered via email, right? Um, and so it was delivered via email. Um, you just had some simple statistics about your listening habits and that was it. Um, fast forward to 2016, um, and, and it had taken more of a, uh, interactive feel, right? That there's a whole webpage now dedicated to your, um, to your listening habits. You could click through, um, and then they had like these really nice animations, um, and images of the artist. Um, then in 2017 is actually when they decided to make a key inflection. They changed it from, uh, Spotify year in music to Spotify wrapped. Um, and the idea was that, um, they, the user was greeted with a quiz whenever they first got into the app, um, uh, what they think were the most uh their habits were for the year like what they thought their most played artist was what they thought their most played song was and then they showed you the correct answer right and so it was pretty cool because it was kind of like you like them testing you against how well you know your own listening habits yeah. but at the same time giving you this information right and so then at the very end they had um these different playlists that they had then created for you um which is uh my fault the one uh they had uh, your your top songs um, and, and the ones that got away. So the top songs um, was, as you can imagine, a playlist in descending order of the, the most played songs throughout that calendar year. Um, the ones that got away is really interesting because it's a, it's a radio. It's uh, uh, songs that you didn't listen to based on the music that you did the most. So all of the songs and the ones that got away away were based off of some listening habits that you had during that calendar year yeah and they presented the information really neatly too on the mobile phone and online on their website uh, if anybody's a fan of design spotify took the extra step 
in displaying all this information that's really cool from Spotify Wrapped. The information itself is fascinating, but the way they designed it with the certain colors and the way they uh, made the playlist for you and where they put them actually on the app, of course, they put them at the top. So it's been very, very interesting to see the time and investment that Spotify has put into this, but it almost acts as free advertising in a way too, because everybody's talking about it on social media, whether you're on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, everybody's talking about it. It's cool how they've taken some significant jumps throughout the years. We're checking it out right now on my laptop. Um, in 2017, they just had a, a simple backdrop, right? With holiday themed colors, right? And then each of these subsequent years, they've really taken it to the next level with the design. I feel like they've really um, not only had some great uh, traction from um, this becoming kind of a, a, a an event that was anticipated, like we were talking about earlier, it's it's really something that people look forward to at the end of the year to be able to like reflect on the year prior and then be able to have that sort of nostalgia that everybody yearns for. And then they're so smart um, because they package this as playlists that can then be shared and interacted with on the Spotify platform. So honestly, so I, what I would really love to see from um, the rap is really just more interactive data points. We're kind of look, we're looking at the, um, the most recent one. Um, they had, they really lay out the pages super cool and they make it feel like an awesome experience as you're, you're going through the information that they have laid out for you, which I think is, awesome they're really taking the next step in terms of design yeah um, it's, it's super cool yeah what's on the screen everybody <laughs> that can't see what we're looking at is just we're scrolling through the actual spotify rap for me we're going through some of the podcasts that were popular for me there's certain podcasts for some reason i don't know why i do this i like listening to it on spotify rather than on uh apple mm -hmm. i don't know why something about the feel something like in spotify you can do like a set timer for like when podcasts turn off, all that stuff's really cool. It's stuff that Apple doesn't have in their app. So, I mean, we've gone in in depth to what Spotify is getting the podcast for, but to get back to the Spotify wrapped, it's cool how they go through the seasons too. You can kind of see how your mood or like your, uh, your song taste changed throughout the year. That was really cool. I have a, I have a question based on your last thought. So do you, uh, what makes you, uh, prefer apple like what podcast do you prefer to listen to apple and on and why yeah uh and i think it's more of like a day like activity thing mm. and i'll explain where it's like in the day when i'm more active i like to just like bam hit the apple podcast i already i'm subscribed to all my stuff it's there like every day it pops up like the new ones they mm -hmm. re reload right in front of you and i can talk like i only listen to maybe like mm -hmm three or four on a regular, regular basis. And there's more like satellite ones, but those three or four, like I'm going to hit and it's just easy. Bam, one click I'm in and I don't have to think about it. But like I said, like at night when I'm like chilling, I'm at home and I'm maybe connecting like my phone to the, my TV, like via like Chromecast or something. Spotify has a better like environment for that. I could set a timer, do all that from my control it from my phone. And also it's nice to uh, see some of the original content from like, Gimlet and other stuff like that that's only on Spotify. Yeah, because I was going to ask if it was like a content thing, like if there's some things on Apple that you just preferred, because to me, it's just really interesting that you use both, right? And it, maybe it, it could come down to, and, and for a lot of people, we've heard this as well, that the like theme really matters, right? Like Spotify is a darkly 
lit at by design it's made that way the dark black and green because that is optimal for uh, well that could be argued because some people really prefer the light design for their music streaming right or for for their music player because on it frankly i think it's because of what they're used to and probably using apple products um but there's also this other factor which is what is the best to use like situationally you know like is it better to use like like the daylight app of apple but i don't even know if apple it's more efficient to get into your podcast like spotify does a really good job of that you know but maybe it's just like it it feels like muscle memory you know so it's easier for you to just tap that or it feels that way you know during the day versus the night you know that's really interesting though right it's like why why even use both and i'm just i'm just like one user like one person that has my own patterns like i'm sure other people have their own patterns and weird reasons why they do stuff maybe they have a podcast so they like like to listen to it on all these different platforms that's what initially got me trying all these new like stitcher and other platforms that are a little bit smaller than spotify and apple for podcasts but just because i wanted to hear how mine was on each one yeah and then be able to like see like are certain people going like to one more than the other and at what times are they listening to it just to test like my hypothesis or hypotheses i guess Mm -hmm. but i've been interested because about half of the podcast has come from apple and about half from Spotify, which is actually skewed more than the average, mm. whereas Spotify typically is more like 10%, mm-hmm. 20%, maybe max, where an Apple is usually like the market share. It's interesting to see that people that are actually tuning into the podcast are split pretty much down the middle. Well, you know, and look at your the kind of branding of, of your brand, right? It's 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 very close to that spot of the Spotify theme, yeah. right? And so maybe that like natural association, people like are compelled. Because for me, it's I'm not a, a hardcore podcast um, consumer, um, and it to me, it's all about what is where is the content most available. Because I'm not listening to podcasts like over and over and over again i'm typically just clicking on a link or navigating from somewhere else to get to the podcast so like what is just the most prominent and that's why i use apple and spotify because i'm not going to like go and search a podcast they have a library yeah exactly i'm just going to try and click a link if possible right and and listen to it there on the spot if i'm listening to typically honestly if i want to listen to like uh, like the podcast that i like a lot um um one of which being the Joe Rogan podcast, another um, one being the um, Ezra, Ezra Klein show. Um, those are just two I really like. Um, I'll look at those on YouTube. They have really awesome guests on the show and you're able to see like their body language and get a little bit more, more out kind of it. Yeah. yeah. And it, the, the video, it's weird because we were t- in that conversation. We also identified that people will sit down and watch videos of their favorite podcasts or vloggers if they enjoy them. So it's like, say you have 10 people, right? You may only watch videos for those podcasters, maybe the top two. Like you're not going to spend your time watching videos with somebody you just kind of like because you want that full experience. You're almost sitting down and like watching the new age TV show and these people you really enjoy. It's very interesting. And like we're, we're skew on the younger side, but it's going to be very cool to see how like the slightly older demographics like from like 35 to 50 start adapting with this new tech. They have to kind of um, up the antics in a lot of these talk shows now. Like you think about like Jimmy Kimmel, you think about uh, uh, Fallon, uh, uh, you think about, you know, um, um, 
the late night shows, right? Um, they're, they're having to incorporate um, better musical performances. They're having to incorporate more antics and they're having to think about the packaging and distribution of thing, these things because frankly, there's not much more appeal in the future of this medium, right? To those format of shows than there are uh, um, any any given podcaster yeah. in their room, right? And it takes like I was actually in New York a couple months ago and went to uh, uh, not Jimmy Fallon but the other one, Seth Meyers, yeah, his late night show that's in the NBC stu- NBC studios, and it was fascinating because he was explaining the process. Like they have tons, they have a you know one to two teams of writers. They're writing jokes all day, and they only take like a couple for the show. And then they have all the great camera and the setup, that like audience there to try to hype it up. These guests that come in at a perfect time. There's so much coordination that has yeah. to happen for these big grand late night shows. Whereas if you get a couple people that are really talented and want to work really hard and create like a good video podcast experience or video just video experience if you're a vlogger on YouTube or anything, it can challenge some of these the attention. That was going towards these other shows. Totally, and I mean, there's with with all the tools that are, are online, you can really take a you know a normal video and incorporate different clips and incorporate different aspects, um, and it, it could be a high production thing. Um, but it is that production quality that's going to continue to differentiate um, these companies and and really allow them to keep their value because they know their their media is being most consumed now through digital means, right? And so. To them, it's like, okay, well, we have already started to make this transition in distribution, but there's this other threat of our actual quality of our content, the actual product itself, right? And so they have to further differentiate themselves by adding that production layer, you know, to, to, because everybody loves consuming like these like bite-sized packaged videos, right? And it, it allows you to consume a piece of information in one minute, two minute that brings you like a ton of joy and then allows you to go about the whatever else you're doing yeah right and um that's a much more enjoyable experience to be able to like filter and search these things on demand versus just so happening to be on this channel at the specific time that it's playing and you look at the success of other people say like like Jesus Amaro right there was really not much production quality to the show. They were sitting on the couch. But it, it looked pretty good still. Well, and it, it, think about where it started too, yeah. right? It looked pretty good. It was the Vice Studios. They, like, this is a whole, this is a huge media company, right? But really, like, the show itself didn't have any crazy special effects. It didn't really, at the beginning, have any crazy guests, yeah. you know? Like, they it's were just, just them being them. They were just there talking about clips of videos on the internet. And it's like, look, you know, there was this Rob Deerdeck show for a while, whatever. I forget what it was called. Yeah, yeah. I hated that show. I, 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 I didn't people thought it was yeah, funny. I didn't people thought like it was funny. But people yeah. did yeah. enjoy it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it passed the Fantasy Factory where he had the ridiculousness. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, they had the whole stage, but then they were just, in, like, talking, making fun of internet clips. And it's like, well, they would have guests on the show. That, like, they had Mac Miller and they had some really awesome guests on the show. But it's like... They're you're just kind of making you're fun paying of video all, You're clips. paying for all this just to do the same thing you could do with like a, a very high quality yeah. video camera and a nice room. And so arguably the different, differentiating factor between, say, uh, Ridiculousness and Deza Samero was that Deza Samero was much closer, much more intimate with their audience. They were able to build that connection much better and people wanted to watch them more, right? Yeah. That, like, they had, like, 
Well, you see people like Action Bronson too. Like he's been able to just translate his personality, what his daily life, yeah, into video, and then he's become also a video star, or YouTube star in a way. Has his own TV shows, almost his own media, like totally mo. Well, and Vice, I mean, Vice is responsible for a lot of this, Big right? They they were really smart about like because they, I mean, they they really transformed their company when when they went public. They they knew that the next step in scaling was digital, yeah. right? And they took they were one of the first players in really developing like being um, really forward thinking about how to package material and how to produce post produce material in this new age, you know. So they set up systems to really like learn this and get good at this, um, and so they had experience um, producing like the late night shows on HBO and 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 creating some of these um earlier shows to where they when they had some of this talent come along like action bronson who was like not only he's just an entertainer yeah. in all forms right yeah. like he and knew the, from the from literally you know from I mean? his cooking to his music like, yeah and in between everything so is entertainment they right? were able to be really creative but also leverage systems they had in place to create really high quality comment content that was dynamic yeah and yeah. they they let their stars or if you want to call them that their their talent like stand out and really just be be, them, themselves. be themselves and then they just capture that through really good quality images video yeah audio and i think we have to give even though they've had their problems like sort, sort of semi-recently um in retaining a lot of this talent um and, and frankly it's normal right it's like once people catch on to how to do it you know of course they want to go build their own thing and yeah like, you're going to be competing with hbo you're going to yeah. be competing with like all of these like like you know legacy players like in the in industry right because they don't want to be you know capitulated um so like at action bronze or so vice media really you know kudos to them for understanding um the model of the internet and being able to capture that monetarily yeah. right in a in a in a um on on a uh complete media platform right because it they were really one of the first ones to start actually like producing content without like you could argue adult swim like they produce content with like out any sort of like context and comedy central right where they're just kind of like off the wall like comedians and stuff like that it's not very highly scripted like we were just talking about with a lot of like the major networks and their late night shows and talk shows uh, but vice was the one who did it the best mm -hmm. in the digital era Right. Um, and you can argue like BuzzFeed and some of these other people yeah. who come up, Bleacher Report, et cetera. But like, but Vice was literally offered the whole package, you know, uh, the soonest. And then they were the best at really taking like people like Jesus Marrow, um, Action Bronson, these key, you know, talent, personalities, talents, and, and, and allowing them, putting the st structure around them to flourish, you know? Cause I think it really set a model for everyone too, right? It was like now people feel like kind of anything is possible because they were like smoking weed on the shows. They're like just doing being all, themselves, being in a themselves, way. right? Yeah. Like they weren't trying to hide anything. Any, it anything. wasn't like there's this like I mean, you always have like some type of facade when this, there's like a camera there, but they try to strip away as much as you could to make it as like real world real life as possible we're talking about product mode and product advantages right well i think that is a, is a kind of like a double-edged sword with late night shows and, and and traditional media is they kind of have to be these really highly mastered highly post-produced um 
um, things by definition. And that also kind of hurts them yeah. because people kind of feel like it's highly... Almost they, that they, they, they know. They know that. Exactly. Yeah. And so they want things that are more real. Right. Yeah. And, and so in the era of, you know, as this transitions, they're going to have to make some key decisions that it's like, at what lengths are we willing to go to sacrifice the perception of this? Right. Like, are we willing to, okay, um, say, hey, make this a little less refined right or a little bit more elastic yeah. to accommodate for these audiences um and if so what way what ways are we how do we draw those lines in the yeah. sand because any inflection point you take it it could be perceived the wrong way and could have a negative effect impact. on everything you've done totally before. It, totally that's it always puts a i mean we've seen this over and over again in different areas of like the economy like the internet manufacturing way back in like the 50s and now with like digital media versus legacy media it's just very interesting to see. Oh, I almost well. It's interesting to see this, but it's also maybe like I hope it doesn't only happen in America, but America is a very good place for this, based on the quote unquote values of America, freedom of speech, this stuff, being able to just get your ideas out <laughs> into the world, and technology being able to make that happen, yeah, very efficiently to where you don't have to spend eighty million and have a team of a hundred people to get a good quality creative show from your head onto the yeah. world like a, or a real world screen it's very interesting there's more people now and the market is ever changing and the demand for the market is ever changing um just one example i'll bring up just to kind of um um give a little bit i don't know just a different perspective maybe an easier yeah. way to understand the concept yeah, i was trying course, to explain so like people always compare the example of blockbuster and netflix right like what blockbuster could have bought netflix blockbuster could have become netflix and all of this is true right this was the future and the functionality is like people you know people are going to want more from their technology in the future mm -hmm. like that that desire that for happens. more is for sure yeah. you just don't know what they're going to want right. right and so for blockbuster to remain stagnant you could say was by definition a dying principle right a principle that was going to eventually kill them no matter what mm -hmm. but something that i don't think people like think about enough is what is the perception of blockbuster right if <laughs> they begin to abandon their stores right right too early yeah right it's, it's gotta what be happens, a very soft landing you yeah can't, for example what happens if they mismanage that process yeah then they're down in the hole anyways right because then they start to convert to the netflix model which at first you think streaming wasn't even good enough tvs weren't even good enough to do this People's at first wi-fi wasn't even good netflix enough. was doing it to door yeah. right and then blockbuster was like two years late to implement this yeah. right but imagine if they had started the internet stuff earlier, right? It's totally possible they could have been patient and really maximized the value out of this. But there was a lot of things that would have to go right with their current organizational structure and their operations, right? How how do you... You can't just grow that, And you right? can't just cut people... Like, you can't, you can't eliminate half of the organizational structure and like a, a night and then switch to a streaming model you can't do that overnight here's what you also don't realize what people don't think about they were already low in cash yeah. because of the effects of piracy yeah the effects that internet was having on piracy right or the internet privacy was having on the the video market mm -hmm. right and so it's not like they could just go and hey hey we want to double the size of our company and do this totally different thing yeah. that people are going to pay for when there's already piracy like the board and people would look at them like they're freaking crazy. Yeah. Right. And that's what people don't understand. It's not like an easy decision to innovate. 
right? Whenever you're a legacy company like this, yeah. like plenty because like, stuff works and cash is coming in the door, exactly, and everybody's happy. This is the key advantage that innovators and and startups have over the big Goliath companies, yeah. right? Is they don't have to worry about the legacy systems, right? You know, you don't have to take like the almost like the lessons learned or the trauma that the company has on because it's so new. Like you're going to have your own trauma eventually if like you, you don't have to worry about the point. transition. Yeah. Right. You just get to create and yeah. do what you Cause have you're to going do. from zero to one, yeah. not from one to two yeah. or one to one to one, you yeah. know, one to a different one. Right. So it's, it's really interesting to think about just like how, I don't know, like all of these things, are slowly being are, are being pushed forward very quickly but then we're seeing like the reverberations yeah. and then the responses to it slowly over time yeah and then seeing okay when these behemoths like disney like like versus netflix now like yeah all of these other media companies right um um are, are finally deploying their strategies to capitalize on this mm-hmm. like how does this affect the overall ecosystem as a whole you know whenever these competitors to Facebook start to become stronger and stronger and stronger. You know, not to say that Facebook won't continue to become strong, but it's like there is a point where this is going to like, there's going to be like strong, like an earthquake, right? Drastic Uh, uh, shifts. A big, a big, a big singularity almost at at a point. Exactly. Different, different points that like things are like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, this happened. Like the past is not now. Exactly. This isn't the same thing we had before. And then everyone is scrambling to kind of like react. Yeah. Based on this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And reset. And then that sets its own whole like wheel in motion for the next like cycle of innovation. Totally. But it it, to bring it back. So people are going to Spotify rap. People are going to learn about this. Yeah. Right. This their Spotify is in this cycle of innovation right now where it's like there's no one touching them. So like they've already established like the the what the value of their data by presenting it in these really unique ways to people it's to the average person right they're like wow cool i think there is value in me like like understanding my music habits and interacting with my music in that way and if i if spotify makes it really cool it makes me want to do it and right? you can get like a small micro example within that is a you can see how you you may forget how you felt in january now that it's december Maybe you were going through a rough time and now you're in a good time and you forget how bad it was. Or maybe like you're remembering good times. You look at your music, you're like, dang, okay, I was in a good mood. I was listening to very happy music. Or it's like I was listening to maybe a little bit more like like sad music in the holidays or something. Yeah. Like people were able to – I saw examples of this. People were like screenshotting that and then putting it on Twitter. It's like, oh, I remember when I, like this and this happened and, and I was listening to this song. Like it, the whole memory chain comes back and then – because they're able to connect it that way for you right like you would naturally make those connections if they didn't present it to you that way right and so spotify has this leg up now on anybody else because they've established this over time and you have this connection to spotify yeah to provide this this emotional connection not to say that apple can't do the same thing for people they haven't yet though but they haven't yet yeah and i think it just kind of is testament to spotify's assertion that they are an audio first company. They're an audio platform, the audio platform. And there is a big enough opportunity in the global market for them to challenge any single person. Yeah. Right. They, it, it's, I think they're proving every day. It's like their focus on audio is their differentiating factor yeah. and improves that their product quality on each of their facets is better and rapidly increasing 
so right they're, they're rapidly increasing the distance between their competitors at a much faster rate between amazon between yeah apple between yeah. google they're an know. audio they're an audio company and their investments and in music designing and podcasting is you know pure evidence of that yeah they're not going to stop exploring like this new like for example the boom in podcasts like no. spotify they is can't gonna, stop they're a publicly yeah, they're, trading company they're, they're gonna capture this value yeah. and they're like probably set to capture the most i would say in a lot of areas because they have this you know after 10 years this baseline infrastructure there to capture it whereas apple even though they have massive resources 10 times the amount of resources they haven't been doing it for 10 years but that's not to say that somebody can't come in like a startup and take one aspect of spotify's product package would say the spotify wrap and say they just make the coolest spotify wrap application interface that we've seen yeah but it works with your spotify so people are able to experience both side by side see their real data right that's something that Spotify was definitely probably going to buy, right? right? Or want to buy because they understand that they can be disruptive too and that they need to be improving on all aspects of their product vertical. Yeah, it's very fascinating to see like where this is going to go. People are still talking about the Spotify wrapped. I really, I really thought that the connections we made with like L- legacy media is uh, probably this like underlying thing what a lot of people are thinking nowadays especially our age mm-hmm. and i hope that digital media like uh, using spotify as the example here really takes this chance where there's a lot of opportunity to give us just the best product possible the most value like things that people enjoy like the spotify wrapped or like just a dope place to listen to any song in the world the future stuff like that the future is all about packaging you know and and thinking about the best most efficient ways to package like an idea right how can i communicate this idea to you where it's like you take this idea and you make it your own idea and you take action based off of that idea and you start to explore things and you go down this creativity rabbit hole that you wouldn't have otherwise right right and it's all about who can who can do that i mean there's many different variables to that right like who can do that the most effectively but also who can do that the most uniquely right right? who can make me feel the most different Mm -hmm. you know who can make me think about things that are the most different than i would have have thought about them before yeah and that's to bring it full circle that's one of the reasons i love podcasting and i'm going to keep trying to make this podcast like capture that is that you can talk about anything it opens up new ideas when i'm talking to have someone across from me gives me a different perspective on stuff i think i already know or stuff i don't know about and it's very, very cool to see the booming in podcasts. But also, for me, like I, lo- I love that attribute of it. And I keep ha- coming back to that when it's like, oh, maybe do I record an episode today? These like small little questions in the day-to-day. But that's the big theme of like why I wanted to do a podcast. And hopefully, it just grows into something over the long term. So Yeah, um, there's this idea, just closing thoughts. There's this idea that we've talked about before by uh, Raymond Lowy, which is called Maya. Uh, and it's like he's he's a designer, one of the original designers of America. He designed the, like the speak iconic speed bullet trains, the shape of the toilets that we have now. Um, and his concept or his his premise was Maya, most advanced yet acceptable, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's what we talk about a lot with the the. Uh, the <laughs> that's what we talk about a lot with the. Uh, 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 
different types of things that we try to do now and the things that we think will be successful in the future it's like are they able to be acceptable in the present are people able to interact with them and even consume these ideas but the things that are the most advanced that are pushing the envelope farthest will be the things that people want to interact with right as long as they're packaged in a way that people can extract the value out of them you know and that's i think what we talk a lot about with your podcast and and as well as like how can we take a lot of these ideas that we're having and really be oddly observant, push the envelope, but package it in a way that anybody, any of your listeners can really grasp, you know, because there's a lot of things that you explained to me that you have to package in a way. Right. And right. I think we do that for, that's all about communication. And it's all a learning curve too. Totally. Like it's definitely not easy, but like staying at it every day and like doing the homework, watching other podcasts, seeing how it's done, having my own ideas, comparing the two. Like it'll eventually get there inch by inch, you know. I think we know the smartest people, uh, like and like the people we've come across in life who are actually the smartest, aren't the people who are able to go way over your head and talk about ones and zeros and and use fancy terminology. The smartest people are able to take those crazy concepts and explain it in a model that that's acceptable for yeah for, Mo- most for most advanced people. yet acceptable like or understandable. Yeah. So that's a skill. Yeah. You know, attributing that to what you're doing is an absolute skill because right. it's totally, it's totally dependent on what you're doing. Yeah. And that's the whole point of the oddly observant is to take these like wide realities or like the, tr- like the stuff that like is behind the veil, right? Stuff mm-hmm. that's just there. That's hard to understand. There's just so much noise around everything, boiling it down to something somebody can understand and then give their like point of view on. It's like, oh, like you didn't know how the stock market worked and how it influences a lot of like people's jobs and how and unemployment, your ability to get a job. Well, it's like, let's tear back these realities like a little bit at a time. And then you have that information. You can go with it with where you want and make your own conclusions. That's, you know, the branding is going to get better with oddly observant. And like, just think as I think more about it and we like do more podcast episodes and work through it. But that's, that's the general idea. Yeah. I mean, those, that's, it's been really cool. I, I, you know, love to, just talk about these different things and like because as we're talking i'm learning things from you and we're learning things together right and it's it's really cool um and and i know all the people listening to this probably have their own ideas too so i think something that would be really cool is if you know any of of your audience like had any questions or had any ideas and wanted to like reach out yeah. you know like if you have any ideas about like spotify wrapped or just anything yeah, that we talked yeah, about at all time. like feel free to reach out we can um, um message you talk about it privately or like talk about it on the show you yeah know, even you know like that would i think any of like it would be really cool to uh just Almost get, make little get, communities yeah because we want we want to introduce as many uh, ideas to the conversation as possible right you know and so that's kind of what we're trying to do as well like when we come in here is be prepared Yeah, because we're taking in information from all these different ways in our work what we do on a daily basis yeah. right and it's like then you come to the podcast it's like how do i make all this information i know easy to understand and entertaining for somebody to take in and also you know? objective yeah. right unbiased as objective as possible because that's hard because be. i also have like i have an opinion i'm trying to push but i also want to introduce yeah. the obje- information in, in an objective fashion yeah. and then show that my opinion is my yeah own. and that's like that's the way you're wired you know, not, yeah. not everybody's like that but yeah. like those are the type of like people that you usually can get like a really good uh, idea generations and go back and forth and not judging each other, trying to learn from each other's perspective. That's the type cool. of like community we want to create too. It's like where it's like, you know, people know that we're being 
as being objective and also adding our opinion. But yeah. there's a and being genuine too, how we really feel and what we really think. Exactly. Uh, we're also not scared to say what we think. But we're not going to slant we're information not gonna, yeah. preemptively. Yeah. Right? We're going to lay it out straight like first and yeah. then try and, and try and, to break it down and try and break it down from there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll be doing more episodes soon. I'm sure. Uh, if, again, to anybody listening or watching the podcast, or if you're seeing this clip, on Instagram or Facebook or any other social, go subscribe to the Oddly Observant podcast. I haven't really been asking people to do this yet because I didn't feel like the quality was there yet. But now as I'm trying to take these next steps in the podcast, it would be great to learn from y'all and there's only one way to learn and it's if you subscribe and give us feedback. So uh, Cam, thanks again for coming on and everybody stay Oddly Observant. Peace. Peace.